I have an exciting announcement. Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast will be featured on the lineup of Podpalooza, a virtual festival to raise money for COVID relief. Think of it as Live Aid, but for podcast. You buy a ticket, and that gives you access to a special Podpalooza podcast where over 100 incredible podcasters will be showcasing their work. You'll get a festival schedule, and new episodes will drop over the course of the weekend. Listen as they come out or save the content for later. The money all goes to Give Directly, a nonprofit providing economic relief to the families that have been hit the hardest by the pandemic. We've been thinking about how we can make a positive impact in the light of the current crisis and are thrilled to have the chance to do something we love while contributing to this important cause. The festival goes live this weekend on April 25th. I'll be featuring my podcast, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, with Bill Simmons, and there's only one way to tune in. Get a ticket. Go to podpalooza.org or plza.org for short. That's plza.org. Tickets are pay what you can, so contribute to the effort, hear from us, and maybe even discover some new favorite podcasts along the way. Mahalo. Aloha, you are listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chad Ford, and my guest today is the Ringer's NBA writer and draft guru, Kevin O'Connor. Kevin was with us last week talking about potential number one picks in the draft. He's back with us this week to talk about what the teams that might have the number one pick in the draft, we're going to talk about eight teams here, what they might do if they get the number one pick in the draft. Welcome back aboard, Kevin. Chad, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's great to have you back. Thanks for coming back on a second podcast. And we've talked about seven guys now about potential number one prospects in the 2020 NBA draft. I think we probably think there's probably actually maybe three, maybe four that would, would actually go number one. But this is a draft with some very interesting teams right now that have the potential to have the number one pick in the draft because there isn't a Zion in this draft where you know all 14 teams that win the lottery were going to take him number one if they had the number one pick. It's going to be different this year. I think different teams are in different places. We start with the Warriors, who are going to be a playoff team, I suspect, next year already, and, and maybe a very good playoff team next year. They have a 14% chance at having the number one pick in the draft. Who do they select if they get the number one pick? There's two ways I'm thinking about this. The first way is with the big man, you know, James Wiseman. You think about how much situation factors into success for a player. James Wiseman, early in his career with them, he would be on a defensive first first team. He would have Draymond Green by his side on the court, you know, really help covering for him. He would have Klay Thompson on the perimeter. He would have a simplified role as a guy who is rim running, you know, get up and down the floor. They use him like JaVale McGee. And that all makes sense for him, and it would be a very wise decision for them to take him um, because of the way he would fit. But with that said, I am thinking about this the other way here. Well, where do you find your new Andre Iguodala, your other secondary ball handler? Because Andrew Wiggins isn't really that guy quite as much. Uh, To me, he fits more into your quote-unquote Barnes role. So you're looking for your Iguodala, your Livingston, the guy who helps Steph Curry. 
And I look at Anthony Edwards, and I'm thinking all the same things that we talked about earlier, some of the concerns and the limitations he has as a player. If you're simplifying Anthony Edwards' role, shoot threes, make quick decisions, attack the basket, play your ass off on defense or you're not going to get on the court, to me – I would really like Edwards in this fit here. And like like you mentioned how good Golden State's going to be next year. They're going to be right there at the top of like championship contention next year. And if they're able to hit on this pick, they're going to extend their contention for many years to come. And I, I would lean Anthony Edwards over Wiseman of the guys that are actually actually likely to go number number one. I wonder about LaMelo Ball here. Talk about a player who I think could step onto that stage right now and have the confidence and feel for the game with all of these veterans around him that, that really know how to play the game and, and the high IQ basketball team that the Warriors are. I could see LaMelo Ball again coming off the bench, being able to play multiple positions for the Warriors and being able to step into that moment right away in ways that I think a lot of these other players aren't ready for that yet. I mean, Wiseman to me is almost the stash pick for the Warriors. I see the fit. I don't know how many minutes he could earn on the Warriors next year. And part of that, again, is we just don't really know how much he's developed as, as a player. I, I question a little bit. As a long-term fit for them, I, I get it. But LaMelo Ball to me is the guy that I think could step in right away and do some interesting things for them. Obviously, the concerns on the de- defensive end may hold that back, but but I, I think he'd be an interesting choice for the Warriors would be. Uh, with the number one pick. That would be a fascinating fit for like uh, <laughs> looking at this team and the interest in watching them as well. <laughs> yeah. You're drafting LaMelo onto that roster. Can you imagine Curry and Clay Thompson and LaMelo <laughs> all on the floor at the same time? Would LeVar Ball sit in courtside? <laughs> yeah, would LeVar. Well, well, maybe not. We'll I see mean, about that. We don't know when people will be allowed back into stadiums, but that's a different conversation. Cleveland Cavaliers also have a 14% chance right now of getting the number one pick in the draft. Who do they take number one? I mean, with Garland and Sexton, you're probably not looking at one of the the ball handlers as much here. But then again, you could also say they have Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, Larry Nance, and Tristan Thompson in their front court already. So you're, you're never drafting for need here. I think you're just you're going with the best player available or, you know, so let me just say this you're probably going with the same exact things that i just said about wiseman edwards i would lean edwards of the three edwards wiseman ball but i think for this team you look at their situation and where they're at i think there's a lot of logic to trading down here if if you're able to get a guy you know maybe with a seventh or eighth pick and isaac okoro somebody like that who fits in very nicely with what you have and still has some upside. And if you're able to get more draft equity in the future or another young player, there's some logic for Cleveland trading down, I think. I don't think they should pass on any player on this in this draft because they think they have that great player already on their court. I, I'm not sure that Sexton and Garland are good enough. Oh, I don't, e- I don't to either. Say, to say we're going to pass on a guard. I, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know if that guy is number one either. He, that guy might actually be at number six. You know. Yeah, that's a great point. And you know, where would Colin Sexton go in this draft? I, you know, probably higher uh, than he did in the last draft because of where, where we're at. I like Lamelo Ball here for a, a little bit of a different reason. They need something in Cleveland, I think, to get people excited about basketball in Cleveland again. I mean, it's it's such a blow to lose LeBron James. This team doesn't really have 
in my opinion, much in the way of identity. Right now, there isn't much there to attract people. And I, and I think that LaMelo, for all the good and bad with the baggage, and the way he plays the game and how fun he is to watch on the court, there's a space for him there that I think makes him a really good pick for the Cavs if they get the number I one pick. I feel like LaMelo... Garland, Sexton, and then the guy you know we didn't mention earlier, Kevin Porter, who might actually be the the best young player of their group. You know, all, all those guys that are going to need to get touches, and you know, it can work. You know, guys have to also learn how to share the ball and play with each other too. Um, but boy, I, I feel like all those guys that you know, especially Garland, Sexton, Lamelo, that are at their best with the ball in their hands. I, I would worry about that situation in terms of the player development. Well, after seeing Kevin Love throw his hands up in the air multiple <laughs> times because Colin Sexton would never pass in the ball, at least LaMelo would pass in the basketball. <laughs> That's true. I mean, ultimately, this could be a situation where let's say Cleveland loves LaMelo. Maybe the move to make is to replicate what the Lakers did a couple years back in trading Russell to draft Lonzo Ball. Maybe you're trading Garland or Sexton, or both for that matter, and then you're focusing your development on LaMelo Ball as your lead ball handler, getting something else back to build this team in a new way. Maybe that's the logic. All right. We're going to be back. I'm with Kevin O'Connor. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network for an early morning breakfast burrito to a pepperoni pizza while you watch the game. Sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you'll probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store. No more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within an hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. And we're back, and I'm talking with the Ringers, Kevin O'Connor. And let's go uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Also, currently, there there may be more games in the season, so maybe this this one might change. But currently, right now, they have a 14% chance of getting the number one pick in the draft. They have Carl Anthony Towns. There was a time when we were very excited about the Wolves and their their young players that they were all building together, and and that just really hasn't worked out. Who do they take with the number one pick? This is an interesting one. Um, I hadn't thought about Minnesota before recording here. Uh, they're going to run a system. You think about 
the way they started to play last season. They're doing their own version of Houston with Russell as the lead ball handler, Towns, and that you know is something different with what they can do. But you look at Houston, they have made it work effectively with two ball handlers, and I don't think just because they have Russell, there should be anything stopping them from taking another lead ball handler. You've got to have one or two or three guys on your team. So again, I would of the likely candidates, I would lean Anthony Edwards here because of his theoretical defensive potential rather than LaMelo, who is a weaker defender. Um, and, you know... That that uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Edwards here uh, over Ball though. Though um, Ball's passing ability would activate Russell as an off-ball shooter too. Though I could see appeal with either of those two. I think those are the two guys. I think that I agree with you that Edwards in this particular case might be the more enticing prospect uh, for the Wolves, especially because his ceiling is so so high. And given the personnel that they already have on the team, and as you said, the potential on the defensive end, and again, it's potential because at times he's been very disinterested on the defensive end, but the physical and length potential uh, that's there for him on the defensive end makes him an interesting choice, I think, for the Wolves uh, if they get the number one pick in the draft. Let's look at the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta. 12.5% chance getting the number one pick in the draft. I'm still getting used used to these new draft odds. These changed in my <laughs> in my hiatus, so <laughs> I'm, I'm getting used to them. Okay, we, we know they have one player that they, they really, really love. Where do they go? Because they have the point guard who does everything uh, on this basketball team. They gave up Luka Doncic to have this point guard. Where do they go with the number one pick? I mean, they already have their rim runners. They have Clint Capella, who they just acquired before the deadline. They have John Collins, who free agent coming up, um, but somebody I, I would expect them to keep. So I wouldn't necessarily think they could go Wiseman here. Uh, with that said, it, this so much of this depends on how you're gonna, how you view this team developing, how you view trey young continuing to evolve because he's already one of the the league's best playmakers already one of the league's most ball dominant players do you want to take the ball out of his hands when you build this thing out and and draft an anthony edwards or or trade down and take a killian hayes or or do you want to take Lamelo ball or do you view trey as the guy i mean he's just going to dominate that ball he's running the show period and if that's the case Maybe there is some logic in taking Wiseman and adding another big into this mix because that gives you some that gives you some uh, support in case you do end up losing Collins or Collins is a guy that gets paid too much and you're not willing to pay him or maybe you decide to flip him. Um, but you know I don't want to default to the same guy. But Anthony Edwards to me is still the guy for Atlanta too. Um, but I just want to make the case for Wiseman there. I also see Anthony Edwards here for the Hawks as great as Trey Young is offensively the defensive problems are significant and thinking of pairing him with a LaMelo ball uh, you know for example in the backcourt is really problematic for a lot of reasons and again we talked about again it's potential upside uh, of Anthony Edwards and what he could do here one thing that I would say though is if there was a team that I would say if they had the number one pick was the most likely to just trade out I think it's I think it's the Hawks right now. I, I think that they are anxious to put a winning playoff team on the court. They have uh, young talent already on this team, 
And I think that this is a, an opportunity maybe where they could flip this pick, get a veteran in that can really help them win basketball games every night. Because again, I'm not sure that that player is here in this draft or that there's a player so special in this draft that it moves the needle for them or fits a need in a certain way. I think this could definitely be a case where the Hawks, wherever they draft, but even at number one, would trade out of that pick. Sure. I mean, what you said about Atlanta, I honestly feel that way for most any team that ends up with the first or second pick. I I just look at the year's, this year's draft class, and depending on what deal would actually be out there, we don't know at this point when we don't even know the draft order what could be on the table. But I just think there's a lot of logic this year from trading out of that one, two, three, four spot into seven to twelve or six to ten, and getting more assets and what what could be some stronger drafts in the future. I mean, we haven't mentioned R.J. Hampton, uh, who kind of fits into that category as a as a ball ha- lead ball handler who can potentially be a versatile defender in the future or Devin Vassell who had made immense progress in his second year at Florida State who looks like a 3 and D guy from day one I, Denny Avidia there's a handful of guys that I really like in that 7 to 12 range that I'd be, I'd be antsy to trade down for if I end up winning one of these top picks so whether it's Atlanta or, or Golden State or Minnesota there's logic in doing it. Doesn't mean that opportunity would be there if there's not a deal that makes sense. But it's something that I'd strongly be thinking about, regardless of what team I am that ends up with a top four pick in the lottery. I think there's one key thing that you said there, Kevin. If the opportunity presents himself, yep. and if the top teams in the draft don't want these guys, there there can sometimes be an assumption: oh, there's going to be teams later in the draft that are willing to give up significant assets to get up. And, and get the number one pick or, or a top pick in this draft. And I, I'm not sure who those teams are either. Could be a team like Cleveland. Uh, right? You mentioned how Cleveland is like desperate for that star guy to get fans in the seats. If Cleveland ends up with like the fifth or sixth pick, you know, and your Golden State's sitting at number one, maybe that's a team for you that you could trade down with. You know, if Detroit ends up seven, something, or Knicks, the Knicks are a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to get to the Knicks in a minute. <laughs> Because, because yes, there there is a desperate, desperate, desperate team out there, uh, and it's the Knicks. I'm just going to go in order. We, we're just going to talk about four more teams here. The Pistons, 10.5% chance of having the number one pick. What do they do in Detroit if they get the number one pick? <laughs> they need everything, don't they? <laughs> they really uh, so, need so everything. I, this, is, this is a mess. I mean, if we're, if, if we're only looking at the three guys we're mentioning – you know, Wiseman Edwards ball for this, for this exercise, I'd still lean Edwards here. I I just think he's the best player of, of those three at this moment. Um, But LaMelo, I would think strongly about considering those, considering the fact, as you said, you have to generate some interests with your fans and LaMelo was a guy that could come in right away and do that. And by the way, Christian Wood, who they should do everything in their power to keep this summer. What a dynamic pick and roll do with those those guys could be as two young players, Wood and LaMelo Ball. They'd be quite ferocious right off the bat. I agree with you on on all fronts with the Pistons. I think, again, I would lean LaMelo Ball. I'm still waiting for you, by the way, Kevin, to pick Killian Hayes with one well, of these number I mean, one picks. I, so I mean, he's not, he's number one on your well, board. I mean, like there's a difference between, you know, a mock draft or your big board. I, I don't True. I don't expect Hayes to go number one. Everybody I've talked to, you know, in front offices right now 
has said pretty much exactly what you said. The three guys that are likely going to go up top are Edwards, Ball, and Wiseman. It's just a matter of which order they go. I disagree with that personally. I think Hayes is the number one prospect right now. I think Okongru is better than James Wiseman. Um, I think there could be other guys that are better than better prospects than James Wiseman for that matter. Um, but it does seem like it, when you're doing a mock draft right now, it's going to be one of those three guys. Yeah, all right. We're going to be back. I'm with Kevin O'Connor. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. And we're back, and I'm talking with the ringers, Kevin O'Connor. So let's go to the Knicks. Let's give them Killian Hayes. Let's let's cause a riot <laughs> in New York City oh, with the number one pick in the draft. The New York Knicks select Killian Hayes, especially with everything New York is going through right now. And look, we don't know. This could be the rest of the country as well. New York needs something. Knicks fans need something. This has been a painful, painful drought. They only have a 9% chance right now of getting the number one pick. But as I think you and I both alluded to, there's also a decent chance that the Knicks would try to package together whatever they could to get up to the number one pick if they don't get it in the lottery. Who would New York select with the number one pick in the draft if they get it on draft night? <laughs> Probably LaMelo Ball uh, for, for all the reasons stated earlier. Um, one thing I'm curious about is there any indication from your sources who CAA was trying to sign or has already agreed with? Because Leon Rose obviously just coming from CAA as a longtime agent going to the Knicks. I wonder if that could be some sort of indicator with what way they might be leaning if there's a guy they have already done deep background on when Leon Rose was with CAA. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know yet because I think that there's just massive question marks about the Knicks right now. And one of the things that I know is that Leon Rose is out really looking looking at putting together, uh, you know, a staff right now and knowing that he's going to bring in, I, I suspect the Knicks are going to bring in a really veteran NBA front office person to, to work with Leon. I know that the buzz is always with the young guys, but here with Leon and that this is a new job for him. I like the idea of having an agent as your as your general manager. I think it's actually played out fairly well throughout the NBA uh, because uh, there's so many skills that agents pick up that uh, let's just say that your scout on your team who rises up and becomes an, an, an NBA GM doesn't have. But he's also going to need somebody who really sort of understands the business. So I think it's just too early to know that whether there'll be a CAA connection. It seems like LaMelo Ball is, he's got to be the pick here. Right, if they get the number one pick in the draft, I think the upside. He, he, first of all, he's warranted as a number one pick in the draft. I think he, his talent doesn't make this a stretch. But for all the other reasons that he would be a good fit in New York and and what Knicks fans are looking for, I think he he would be a good choice here. Sure, and 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 they absolutely are like that leading candidate that could trade up for that pick too when you consider that they have all of their own future first round picks they have two picks from dallas that they got in the chris Haps porzingis trade and of course they have their own young players frank nilakina who has not gotten a ton of opportunity there but i still like him you know kevin knox has really struggled but maybe there's some appeal as an 
as an asset to another team. A Mitchell Robinson, rim-running center on the cheap. I mean, they have some young talent that they could throw into a deal with their own draft picks and or the Dallas picks that they could put together a pretty appealing offer if they wanted to target a guy with that number one pick or if they wanted to target a player too. Um, but with the draft, if I'm, if I'm in the lottery and I end up with, you know, if I'm hoping – I'm hoping that the Knicks end up like sixth. I'm hoping they end up seventh because that's when they could end up getting desperate and make a move uh, to make a big splash. And you, and if you're that team with the first or second pick, you could really take advantage of them if they get desperate with Leon Rose. And this is the other thing that I'll say uh, about the Knicks because Knicks fans may be listening to all this right now and say, well, this is the worst year to try to move up in the draft or get the number one pick because there isn't a Zion uh, you know, at the, at the top of the draft. But yeah, it might be the worst year to win the lottery, but if if you're actually thinking, contemplating trading up in the draft, you know you're not going to trade up and get Zion, uh, right? That the cost would be higher than the Knicks assets. This is a conceivable draft. It's very very rare that number one picks are traded. Period, right? This is the this is the year where I think it's really conceivable that it, as we talked about, a team would be willing to trade and the Knicks who have good assets, not great assets, might be able to package something together to move up. And so so you move up. All right, the Bulls, 7.5% chance. This team is is an interesting team. Again, a lot of young players on, on this basketball team. Where do they go? You know, it's interesting with them drafting Kobe White last year, who is not identical to Zach Levine. Zach Levine is an all-world athlete. Kobe White is not. But in terms of their style of play, to score first guards in their backcourt, you know, sort of juxtaposed by two guys, Wendell Carter, who you know, doesn't need to get touches to make a positive impact, Laurie Markkinen, who has really struggled last year, but on paper long-term could be a guy who just pop, picks and pops spot, up, spot ups and shoots and, and attacks closeouts for you. They have a, an interesting mix there. I, I'd like to see a guy that can sort of be a, a blender between those two extremes on their roster. And, you know, I don't like Wiseman here because I'm a big Wendell Carter fan. Um, Killian Hayes I, I would be my personal preference just to throw that name out there. Here we go, but Killian Hayes. It's my personal preference, but I think ultimately – you got to look for the guy that can really stabilize those two extremes. And Anthony Edwards, with his defensive ability, potentially, he could help out that backcourt quite a lot because, you know, Zach Levine's not giving you a whole bunch on defense and, and neither is White. Um, so Edwards could be that necessary, you know, piece to sprinkle into the mix who can also handle the ball but can be a defense first player for you. But again, though, it still comes back to, you know, how confident are you? that he can be that guy. It's as we talked about earlier. Um, is he going to become unhappy if he's sharing the ball with Zach Levine and Kobe White? This is where, you know, Intel is going to be so critical with the choices these teams make. You got to figure out how these guys are going to how these guys are going to be in your situation and they're all so different at the top of the draft. I, the Bulls seem to me to be another one of those candidates given their roster right now and given the lack of elite star power in this draft that could be another team that just could look they're going to trade out yeah uh, of this pick and and look at rounding out their roster uh with more talent than adding a guy it, 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 this is one of those teams that it's hard to 
totally make sense of a fit with any of the top prospects at, with this team as it's currently constructed and with the potential and upside of many of these players that are that are already on this team. And so I, I agree with you. I think Anthony Edwards might make the most sense for the Bulls, but I think that the the potential conflicts that that you raise uh, with there's not enough basketballs to go around for those for those players might warrant the Bulls doing something else. Okay, the last team we're going to talk about the Charlotte Hornets. You know, I just part of me wants the Hornets to finally get to to, to really hit it. They have a six percent chance. This team has a a history of getting lottery picks and those lottery picks not being the right choices given the other available personnel that was on the board, most recently passing on Donovan Mitchell for Malik Monk. So if they get the number one pick in the draft, you know this is a team that just sort of a perennial, we want them to be better. They just can't really get over the hump. Who makes the most sense for them? Let's go Wiseman here. Uh, you got Biombo's contract coming up. Um, you're you're going to have more free money. Cody Zeller's a movable player. You know, Look, you never you you don't draft for fit, but I I don't think fit is irrelevant. It doesn't matter with in terms of opportunity and what a player is going to get with his development on the court. And Wiseman with Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier is sort of some um, bridges for the next era. That he can he can get opportunity on this team and grow with a good coach and Borrega um, and maybe fix some of his flaws in a system and in a situation where there's not going to be a lot of pressure early on. Um, so I think they're the type of team that can survive some of his flaws early if you're betting big for him when he's hopefully hitting his prime towards that second contract. That makes a lot of sense. I'm also scared to death for Hornets fans and Michael Jordan to make that bet, given how poorly some of their other bets have have, have panned out for that team. And but it, it does make a, make a lot of sense that they would go that way. I again might err on the side of Lamelo Ball here, even given all the all the players that they have uh, on this basketball team right now. That you know, I'm not sure that I pass on a guy because I have Terry Rozier or Devontae Graham, and I go with a guy who I think has a higher ceiling uh, than those players. And I think that those players can play with Lamella Ball as well. And so that would be my choice. The, the, the way we've talked about all these guys, I feel like, do you even want the number one pick? Because I'm not sure I do. <laughs> well, the answer is yes, because it's an asset. And, and yes, because even in the 2013 draft, where we had these exact same conversation. Do we even want this pick? And actually Cleveland talked to a lot of teams about trading down in that draft. And this was one of those cases where I don't think they could. I don't really think that they got any offer back that really could warrant trading the number one pick in the draft. I mean, you also don't want to look like an idiot as a general manager that you trade the number one pick in the draft for a couple of veteran role players, right? <laughs> like you, yeah. you, have to get, you have to get some return there. There's never been a draft where there hasn't been at least one player that has been a really good basketball player. And, and there's going to be several here. And I, I think part of this is we're trying to figure out who they are, uh, right? And, and the potential of those things. So yeah, I, I still want the number one pick in the draft. And, and this is, these teams spend millions of dollars. You know, you and, you and I, Kevin, are armchair scouts and, and general managers. And these teams spend millions of dollars 
and have multiple, multiple eyes uh, on this to figure this out. And I know this is a tough year for a lot of reasons, and it's not just COVID-19 that this is a tough year. We're also talking about Wiseman not playing, LaMelo Ball playing 12 games, right? We're talking about Anthony Edwards and and the fact that he has been super inconsistent this year, and and he's a freshman. I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons that, that teams can complain. But at the same time, there are going to be good players in this draft. And we're having a hard time figuring it out. I know in talking to NBA teams and scouts, they're, they're having these same debates and conversations. These are going to go all the way up until draft night. But I'd still like to have the first choice on the board if it was me. You get to choose from, from all of them. <laughs> you, get, you get to choose right, from exactly. a whole lot. The, though I think the, the real value in this draft is the 5 to 12 range if you're factoring in the rookie scale contract and all that if you're factoring in the pressure from ownership and how the fan reaction all these other variables i think the real value is the 5 to 12 range in this year's draft class um, but of course you know number one puts you in the driver's seat to do whatever it is you really want okay this has been the ringers nba writer and draft guru kevin o'connor kevin great stuff Really appreciate all of your insight and and work that you've done. Check him out uh, at The Ringer. And uh, we'd love to have you back on sometime as we get close to the draft. Thank you so much, Chad. It's it's great to have you back, you know, writing about the draft and now talking about the draft with your pod. Uh, it's, it's really, you know, if I told 15-year-old me that I would be ch- uh, on your podcast, they'd be like, really? You're joking. Um, so I just have to pinch myself a little bit now and just thank you for the opportunity to, to talk draft with you. Thanks, Kevin. This has been Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. 